We are live at the backyard, 3820 South Ferdinand Street. And what a run it's been for us. Three months here at the backyard in the heart of South Seattle. You're listening to NYCNYSEA, and we're talking sports and more from coast to coast. Will Sanchez, along with Juan Cotto, Dory Bennett, she can't make it with us tonight, but what a great run for us. Before we get into all the sports, we can't thank the backyard enough for them hosting us and being just uh, just great hosts for us. I, I cannot believe how fast football season has gone. And to do so many memorable shows, we had great guests, starting with Eric Anderson and talking about Washington State early on in the season when Gardner Minshew was a no-name to uh, Derek Sparks and uh, Buki Gates. We've had some great guests and we've had some wonderful times. And, uh, Scott Lego, Scott Saul Lago Speedy. Could, absolutely. I mean, the, I mean the, 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 back, the backyard has been such a gracious host to us. And it's been so much fun, Will. And I, I was thinking, geez, I mean, we were we were talking about doing a sports show just 12, 18 months ago. And uh, to have gone through a full NFL season on Monday nights, uh, what a thrill it's been and how much fun has it been, man. Yeah, we started uh, back in, uh, I believe, March. This is our 14th uh, live show. It'll be our final sh mm -hmm. show here at the backyard as Monday Night Football comes to an end. Uh, we'll take a couple weeks off and then we'll be back up and running uh, with different location podcasts, so on and so forth. Uh, those things will be uh, will be in the works. Uh, but it's our 36th show overall, going back to the work that we've done at uh, Rainier <laughs> Avenue Radio. Uh, we've this done is live our 36th show. This is our 36th show. We've done uh, live baseball games. Uh, it's been the, the tandem of NYC uh, through it all, and it's been a, it's been a pleasure. It's been fun, right? But that's why we do oh it, right? Goodness. You know, we're we're a bunch of dudes, right? And that's you know that's why people can't take us serious. We're a bunch of dudes that talk sports and just have a good time and and have are opinionated and uh, really just express ourselves. But we're having a great time in a venue like here at the backyard. By the way. Big screen TVs, great food, great drinks, great people. Uh, we have our Philly fan, Matt, the bartender. Uh, Lauren, the Cubs fan, is not here tonight. She might be over at Rookies. Uh, Molly, Chantrell, everyone has just been really, um, been really great for us. And uh, Molly's here tonight uh, joining us. So we're just, uh, we're really excited about the whole venture. Uh, and uh, we'll see where this uh, goes next. No, well, you said 36, 36 shows, which means 36 weeks of doing this week in a 52-week year. So, um, Will, I mean, it's just been an, an incredible amount of fun, number one. But number two, some, not, not only the sports, because the sports always generates the news and the value, but also keeping it true to the community and having some great community guests to really speak about the issues that are both in, that are so important to our hearts, and that's our youth and our community, and making sure that they have great opportunities and that sports is kept at its proper perspective. Correct, correct. And um, just uh, real quick, we, we, we have a great guest coming on, Dave Banks. We, uh, we're going to uh, reach out to him. The weather's uh, pretty bad out there, and with the holiday season starting, um, it's just been, uh, you know, it's just a little bit crazy at this time of year. So we're going to get Dave Banks on the phone. Before we do that, I just want to make a mention. I'll make a mention throughout the show. Uh, Derek Sparks' uh, daughter, uh, Zaley Sparks, uh, she's uh, battling uh, cancer, and they put together 
this great game on December 29th in Kent, Washington, 1 p.m. at French Field. And uh, it's a game to honor uh, his daughter and other kids, more importantly, that, uh, that are trying to fight against cancer. Uh, this showcase is to raise money for children fighting cancer. Uh, Ian Furness is going to be on uh, in the game. There's so many different people that are going to be a part of that game. Um, and if you can't show up to the game and you want to donate, which you should, especially this is the season of giving, uh, text cleats to 41 411. Real easy. All you have to do is text cleats to 41411 and you can make a donation to this great event and to help raise money for kids that are dealing with cancer. I, I can only imagine what Derek and his wife are going through right now about their beautiful daughter, 18 years old, getting ready to go to college, Will, just graduating from high school, getting ready to experience the, the, the most fun she's going to have in life and go on and get her education and, and to take her place in the world and to have this horrible, horrible blow dealt to them. But they've, they've dealt it with such great courage, such great class. Zili is such a courageous fighter and she's going through treatment and she is, is doing very well. And hopefully this game will once again, and uh, as your, your wife works in, in cancer research and, and saving lives, um, the ability to raise awareness in all communities. And Derek has done an outstanding job putting this together, so it'll be great to chat with him as well. Yeah, it will. And, um, you know, we had a great game on tonight, but let's see. Let's reach out to Dave Banks. Why don't you reach out to, uh, to Dave real quick and get him on. Um, we'll just take a second here. Uh, oh, it's ringing. We, we have the real, this is like the real this rings is, this, and stuff. Yeah, Hello is, there. Hey. Hey, Dave. You're, uh, hey. you're live with uh, NYC right now. Uh, thanks for joining us. Hey, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you folks doing? Doing very well. So, Dave Banks, you're the Seattle Area Executive Director of Fellowship for uh, Christian Athletes, correct? That's correct. And you were also uh, the defensive line coach at uh, Nathan Hale? I, I am, or, or trying to be anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is awesome. That is awesome. So, Just to let you know, Dave is an outstanding football coach. And uh, we, we always joke that uh, Dave's gruff, hard-nosed style really transcends the unit. And uh, when, when Coach Banks is not at practice, the kids all notice it. Trust me. Yeah, well, it, it's, a, it's a day off. That's why. So. <laughs> that's funny. Dave, how are you doing this holiday season? Uh, it's a season that um, in our community and uh, especially in, um, you know, in the, you know, in the Christian community also just, I mean, it doesn't have to be Christian, but overall, this is the time of focus that we try to give back, whether it's to the kids, to the homeless, to so many different uh, charities. I know in my church, uh, we have a giving tree and there's so many different ways that we try to give back to the community. What are some of the ways that you think stands out for yourself and, and and the type of work that you guys like to do. Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, we uh, right now um, we're involved in uh, several of the area schools uh, with the work that we do on a regular basis, um, but just had an opportunity to come alongside uh, the Cleats versus Cancer event uh, game coming up here on the 29th. Really looking forward to be uh, at least have some presence there. Uh, support what they're doing, the coaches, the players. Uh, that's a that's a great example of, of some of the work we're trying to do to uh, to make an impact in a positive way in our community. Dave, um, let's talk a little bit about FCA 
and the yeah. work and and let's 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 talk about it um, really in depth and let's give people a wholehearted look at what you do how you impact kids who are playing sports these these young athletes who in a lot of cases um, are maybe missing a parent at home in some cases have both parents at home and giving them right. some guidance through the the athletic part of their lives and how that ties together with with becoming a better person and uh, and what what fca is all about yeah i, I appreciate that one um, you know uh, Basically, FCA has been around for 60-some years, um, and primarily, not solely, but primarily working to and through coaches. Um, as you well know, uh, if you're coaching high school uh, sports, you, uh, by and large, most people are not in this to make any money, but they're there to make an impact with the kids. Um, so we try to come alongside coaches particularly, um, help them not only on their skill level with regard to their sport, um, but really working uh, in some ways on the what we would call the psychological dynamics, um, uh, work ethic, uh, playing with integrity, some of those kind of things, uh, spending time with coaches and then with student athletes as well in that area. And then uh, kind of the third dimension that we're working with is in their spiritual development as well, um, helping them to become uh, full, uh, well-rounded uh, citizens. Uh, because, you know, the... What, they have the great opportunity to play sports. It gives them a, a platform in many ways. Um, they're still looked up to by their peers. So we want them to be positive role models while they are growing and developing themselves. And Dave, FCA is a national program, correct? So there's a, a number of athletes across the country who are in the major leagues and in the NFL who have benefited from SCA. Is that correct? That's correct. And in fact, here, um, even in the Seattle area, uh -huh. uh, we work with the Husky football team, for example. Um, our chaplain, Jonathan Rainey, works with the Hawks. Um, and so, yes, we're across, not only across the country, but we're in 44 nations around the world as well. So let's talk about the local program. How many, how many kids are involved and what schools are you working with here in the Seattle area? Yeah, um, we, we wrapped up um, the school year last year in June. We were running about five huddles. Huddles are really kind of student-led groups on campus. Um, so far this year, we, we've gone from five to 15. Um, we've seen a, a great uh, opportunity influx. Um, in fact, we just kicked off two huddles last week, uh, one at Ingram High School, um, also one at Nathan Hale High School. Um, those are a couple of the re uh, recent ones. Um, we're trying to support some of the work that's going on there at um, uh, Rainier Beach High School as well, and then some of the surrounding uh, area uh, in the, the Puget Sound area. That, that's so exciting! And so, tell us when did you when did you take over as the executive director of FCA, and what are some of the things that you're trying to implement in the program right now? Um, after 36 years in pastoral ministry, some of the things that we're trying to implement right now is is the continued development of volunteers, uh, volunteers uh, in the schools where anybody can come alongside and really help us do uh, what we're doing, uh, impacting kids in a positive way. So um, that really is that really is the key of, of connecting mm -hmm. with the students, kind of one-on-one, -on -one, smaller groups, uh, in mentoring kind of capacity. Let me ask you this question. So. Um, 
and, and, and my, my wife and I, uh, and certainly, and, and, and as you know, I'm, I'm on the board of FCA. Um, when you are looking at some of the special stories of the kids that you are working with, some of the families that you are working with, um, I know that we had a couple of young kids at uh, Nathan Hale a couple of years ago. I'm thinking of, uh, you know I'm talking about, our young running back um, who was right. really impacted. I mean, he, he really um, not only did better in on the athletic field and showed up for workouts but he also did better in the classroom and it just seems like with some of the some of the things from a spiritual perspective when you help the kids start to to develop they really pick it up and it also impacts other areas in their lives outside of athletics it it really does and and, you know part of um you know one of our goals is to help them just be positive citizens quite frankly um Going, making sure that they're in the classroom, getting the work done that they need to to get done. Um, as you well know, Juan, a lot of the kids that we're working with um, come from challenging home situations. While we can't fix that, we can kind of help at least come alongside. Um, and really, the biggest thing that we're trying to provide is mentoring um, opportunities. Um, you know, one of the one of the great things that I appreciate about our our area coaches is they really give of themselves way beyond what happens during the season. Um, you, you know, uh, we've, we've worked together for a long time. We're as much counselor as we are coaches very often. Um, and I, I appreciate so many folks in our community that are, are, are giving of themselves. And we're just looking to have more folks come alongside, join us. Um, we've got great kids. We really do have great kids uh, in our schools. Um, they just need sometimes just need a, a little bit of encouragement or some some positive direction, um, and they're gonna they're gonna do very well. So it's been a it's been a really exciting journey in the short time that I've been involved with SCA. You have been a local pastor. You have uh, you have done a variety of different things. Obviously, you've coached football. You and your wife have uh, moved across the country, and you have. Um, you had the opportunity to do some really cool things um, in your life and your career. But what gives you the motivation? What gives you the motivation to to take on this project right now? So I know that you uh, recently retired from uh, from your pastorship at the church. But what what gives you the energy to push on in, on, a, on a program like this? Yeah, you know, it, it's uh, really felt like um, you know while I'm not a young man anymore, I still got a little tread on the tire. I hope and. Uh, you know, it's kind of always been our thought that as long as we're as long as we're sucking air, we've got a we've got a purpose, we've got a point to be here. And in quite honestly, Juan, it feels like it's a, a, the next chapter in our lives uh, to be able to work with FCA, continuing on in many ways, working with the kids. Uh, you know, I'm on campuses every day, and and uh, you know, something around being around teenagers it keeps you young. Uh, in it, I know that sounds cliche, but it really, really does. Um, you know, I'm learning all kinds of things about, you know, uh, hip hop and rap and all these things that I never thought I would ever live to, to you know, experience in my life. So I, so I got to follow that up. Absolutely. I, I, I got to jump in and follow oh, yeah. that up. So, so okay. who, who's your go-to or who's, uh, who's the, the hip-hop name that you can mention now that the, that the guys and the kids <laughs> can say, oh, wow. Oh, what, like, what, what's that? Give me, throw me one name out there. That, oh, uh, that you, I, I don't you know. Do. I, you know, I've been listening. I've, I've been listening to, uh, you know, just trying to stay current with some of the things. <laughs> I, I'm not, I, I probably can't even tell you, Will, some of the names. Um, I know it's not it, it's not a hip hop name, but uh, 
my daughter had a chance. Uh, she's done in L.A. and she had a chance to hang out with Chrissy Teigen recently. So we've been listening to some John Legend's uh, Christmas CD here recently and stuff. But yeah, that's a good one. Not hip hop, but it's a lot younger genre. <laughs> yep. I've been used to um, as well. But uh, so yeah, some just some of that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, I'm I'm learning all the time. I'd, I'd like to think that I'm not so old that I can't be learning, even though I can't remember all their names. Always trying to stay relevant, aren't you? Well, you know, it, it does matter. It it, it matters. Hey, man, going back to a time that, that also mattered, uh, and I was telling Will this earlier, you, uh, you played football at, at Marshall University. I did, and you a million not, years ago. And you came, uh, you came shortly after, and uh, go ahead and share with us. You, um, I think everyone is familiar with the, the movie um, of about, uh, what, seven, eight years ago, uh, uh, We Are Marshall, which was a very, very right. powerful story. And um, share, with, share with us some of the... Uh, the, the, the memories of coming in to that situation when you played football at, uh, at that school in West Virginia. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was an incredible thing. You know, when you're 18, you don't have the same perspective as you do when you get older. Um, but um, so much of what was in that movie with regard to the community there in Huntington, um, you know, tremendous tragedy. The entire, the entire football team coaching staff uh, were killed. Uh, many of the uh, boosters as well. Uh, what year did the you get there? Corps, um, were all killed. And, and going into that was really, really difficult. It, it kind of hung over the team, quite frankly, for a number of years. Uh, but, you know, it, it was neat that when the movie came out. I can remember uh, Coach Langle used to always tell us that, you know, we were sons of Marshall and only so many people would ever have the privilege to wear that uniform. Back then, it didn't seem like a big deal. I mean, we were trying to just feel the team, quite frankly, um, after having lost the program, got our tails kicked every single week, it seemed like. Uh, but, you know, eventually things turned around, the program turned around, and, you know, people now are familiar with people like um, Randy Moss and Chad Pennington, uh, guys that, that played for the herd. And, and, you know, my claim to fame is I got to wear at least the same uniform as those guys at one point. So, Dave, what was the first year that you got there? I'm sorry, I, I couldn't pick it up, Bill. What, what was the first year that you arrived at uh, Marshall? Yeah, I was there in uh, 74, and, and so that would have been Coach Langle's, um last season, actually. And so the guys that were in the movie, some of the guys, Reggie Oliver and some of those guys, were seniors or had just graduated. Um, I was a freshman in the last full class after the airplane crash. So by the fourth year after that tragedy, that was November 14th in 1970. Uh, for the people that don't know, that uh, 75 people died, which, which pretty much was almost the entire uh, football program at Marshall. And um, they pretty much they, they didn't have a program, and they had to figure out what they were going to do. Um, I can only imagine... Uh, what that was like for the family and the community. You know, we, you, you're a football coach, and we talk with so many football coaches uh, all the time. Uh, we had Blaine Shorty on, and we had a bunch of other guys on, and that's the first thing they talk about. Yeah, we're coaching football, but we're raising young men, and we're doing life lessons, and we're bringing in communities, and uh, the family members are a part of the team, and they have to drive the games and be a part of the games. And I can't imagine what something like that will do to 
not forget about the fan base, which would be, you know, if you're a big fan, that's got to be terrible. But for the families in that town, that's that town where the university is, uh, you know, how can you rebuild? And, you know, the movie touched upon it, but should you rebuild? And being right, in the right. position that you're in now, what's your reflection on that? You know, I, I think looking back, I, I'm so pleased that they had the courage uh, to do that, you know, with, with Coach Lango coming in. Um, what a what a great a great man who came there uh, from a small school, took that program over when obviously there was nothing left to, to, to rebuild it. He was there, you know, after Coach Lango left, he went on to become the athletic director at the Naval Academy for the next 25 years. Wow. And is actually in the, in the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, terrific man, great courage. I, I think his... His compassion, frankly, for the entire community, recognizing that the perhaps one of the best ways for the entire community to begin to heal was to get to put a team back on the field. You know, you think about this, an airplane crash wiped out the whole team in November of, of 1970, and they were um, ready to go in uh, the, the summer of uh, 71, fall of 71, so they didn't even miss a season they missed just the tail end of the 1970 season that's a pretty remarkable thing and i think in hindsight um probably allowed the community to move forward and and regain some normalcy uh as much as uh it could my i think the hardest thing was probably for the families um that lost uh loved ones in that and trying to continue on you know they show that a little bit in the film that had to be a difficult thing for them. Uh, in hindsight, all these years later, uh, a great privilege for me to be a part of the Thundering Herd history and, and story and, and to see how it's really um, gone from such a difficult place to now you go to Huntington and Marshall as a significant program, football, basketball. Um, it's, been a, it's been a cool transition. And, I, and a lot of it, I think, of, of the courage of Coach Langell to take that program on. How special is the bond? We, we talk about, we talk with people over here who uh, attended Washington State University and it always seems to be such a special bond amongst Cougars, but for, for you, Marshall, for We Are Marshall, how special is the bond at that school, especially for, for you who played there um, back in the, in the 70s? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think one, it's, uh, it, it's something that, it, you know, you're always connected to. Um, we, we had an opportunity, oh, before we moved out here several years ago, um, when Chad Pennington was playing quarterback and, and uh, things, and they played the University of Buffalo. We were living in the Buffalo area. Went over, to, went over took my boys when they were young to the game, um, going through the tailgating with all the Marshall folks. And, and I simply said, you know, I, was, I played back in the 70s, and it was like they just engulfed us. We were, we were brought back in. Um, my boys were, you know, pretty young at the time, kind of early teens. Um, they were brought right back into that. As we went into the stadium, uh, they had us come sit with all the fans. So there's that there's that special connection, I, and I think particularly one to that group of guys, um, part of the teams in the '70s. There, uh, when they won their first Division II uh, national championship. Um, we got a, a great letter. Everybody that was a part of those teams in the 70s got a letter from the head coach just saying thank you guys for the sacrifice laying the foundation 
Um, that's a that's a pretty cherished thing, and, and, it, and it's really that connection uh, to feel like you were a part of something that has led to some not only healing, but then ultimately to success in that program as well. Will Sanchez, Juan Cotto, you're listening to NYC. We're a special uh, guest, Dave Banks. Uh, we're live at the backyard, 3820 South Ferdinand Street. Uh, I know Chad Pennington quite well. I'm uh, born and raised from New York. I moved here five years ago, and uh, um, I met him, unfortunately, at a hospital for special surgery. I used to work across the street at Memorial Sloan Kettering when he uh, okay. demolished his hand. Uh, and really, mm. it was just such an ugly injury and really uh, took away a, a good part. He was such a great guy, and he was visiting some of the cancer patients there. Unfortunately, um, I believe it was his uh, father-in-law that was getting treatment at the time, but he was still taking time to uh, see the kids. Uh, you had the kids, I believe it was the eighth floor, the ninth floor, and even though he was in this massive cast because he had shattered his hand, I believe that was preseason when he had landed on his hand and, and broke his hand that jet season but it just showed the kind of quality uh, person it was and he was always great to root for even though i'm a giants fan i, I just kind of i really yeah. like chad pennington and uh he was just such an outstanding uh, uh young man uh, in new york city dealing with the bright lights in big city and he was just a great ambassador and you know it's just uh, it, sh it says a lot about the young man and the program that he came out of it and like you said, that program rebuilt itself up with the Pennington, with, you know, with Moss, uh, Byron Leftwich, uh, the iconic right. of him being picked up by his linemen and dragged down the field. So there's some great, great memories that were now removed from the tragedy from 1970. Uh, this Thursday, they play South uh, Florida. Marshall has won the four, uh, five of the last seven, and they're taking on uh, Charlie Strong down to uh, South Florida in a Gasparilla Bowl. I don't know what that means, but they're playing in a bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and it's great to see them. And, and you know, it's funny you mentioned about Chad. Um, I had an opportunity to do the uh, ASU uh, chapel service when they were playing the Huskies this year, and and. Uh, uh, Coach Herm Edwards was there and had a chance to, uh, to talk with Coach Edwards afterwards, who drafted Chad um, with the Jets. And uh, he he was telling me that he and Chad are great friends. And in fact, uh, Chad is inviting him down. And I think it was last season that Coach Edwards had a chance to uh, speak to the, uh, the Marshall team before they went out to the field and things like that. So, yeah, it was, it was kind of a neat connection for, for Coach Edwards and I had that little little bit of a tie through Chad there um, earlier this fall. With everything you have going on at um, FCA, what does it take? What does it take to put on a program like FCA? Obviously, you, you have to have some donors, but what what do you guys do? Oh, <laughs> what do you got, What do you guys do to keep that program going? And and what if someone was interested, what could they do to help? Yeah, that, great question, Juan. You know, really, it, it just takes so many layers um, of individuals, whether they would be um, volunteers, whether they would be uh, FCA staff, which we have a variety of opportunities for people to help in that regard, uh, coaches, uh, student-athletes, uh, leaders uh, as well. Um, and, and So just to pull off like a huddle at one of the local high schools, uh, takes a number of layers to those folks. Uh, if folks are interested, we, you know, they could check out the, the Greater Seattle FCA website. Uh, that would be that would be terrific. They can learn more about our programs, ways to volunteers, 
uh, volunteer, certainly ways to uh, support uh, the work as well. Um, and you and you can find out a little bit of our background, everything that uh, that we're doing, and would love to get folks hooked up. The great thing about it is there um, we are in so many of the schools in the area, uh, both the public and the private. Um, so we can we can probably hook you up in your area uh, with one of those opportunities. So again, I'd encourage folks to, to check out that website. All right, I got a question about high school football. Um, a tough year for uh, Nathan Hale. They're uh, what four and five this year, two and two in the division. Is that correct? I, I'm sorry, I didn't catch that last part. Will I said it was a, a tough year for Nathan Hale. Uh, four, yeah. four and yeah. five on the season. Uh, yeah, it's been a, a couple lean years the last couple of years. Yeah, what do you think about the division now with the Metro League? You have the Mountain, the Sound, and the Valley. You guys were in the Valley uh, division. What do you think about splitting up the divisions, pros and cons? You know, what are your thoughts about all that? And you think by doing it that way, it allows you to uh, uh, slowly rebuild the program in a division where you can have some success and, and the kids can have a little bit of fun with that success. Right. Yeah, I, I think that I, I certainly think that's the intention, and I and I think when you are on a lean time to be able to step back and to, to kind of regather yourself, I think that's a great a great opportunity. Uh, you know, part of me, uh, however, is a little bit envious uh, of not playing some of our, our traditional rivals that we have over the years. We used to play Rainier Beach all the time. Um, you know, a great program. I'm I'm excited to see how they kind of come back and really rebuilt themselves it was always a great treat to test yourself against those guys they've always got great athletes we, we haven't had a chance to play them so much in the last few years just the way things have lined up for us um but i i, I do understand the divisions i think it's been a i think it's been a good thing you know for example this year chief self had a great season um that was great to see them kind of kind of regather themselves have that opportunity um, so, you know, it's our hope that we're going to drop back, you know, next year, kind of that third level and uh, see if we can't get back on the map a little bit. We were so young this year. I, at one point in time, I think we were starting maybe uh, eight or nine sophomores, which traditionally for Hale, that, that is not what we've done. So we're hoping to t take that step back, uh, be a little bit more competitive than we were uh, for these last couple seasons. As someone that deals with um – with kids on so many different levels, they be spoken to a certain way, and they interact differently, and they're on their screens. It's just a, it's just a whole different perspective. And as an old, you know, an older uh, school uh, coach that's learned a certain way, and now has to, have you notice that change? Do you get, you know? Maybe not so much you, but the, the other coaches where there's more of a pushback by doing things the old way, and some of these yeah, older coaches yeah. now have to reinvent themselves. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I think I think that the intent has always been, you know, and, and I'll be honest with you, I, I can be pretty hard on my kids, um, but I hope that they it's based on a relationship that I have with them. Um, they realize that my goal is not to beat them down, but rather to uh, have a set of expectations that they can rise to. But I also think that if you, and, and at any point, but more so perhaps than ever, if, if you're coaching and you're demeaning or degrading the kids in any way, um, I don't know that that was ever effective, but I think you're way out of your element in the day and age in which we're living. Uh, bottom line with coaching is we're, we're there to um, develop them, um, to build them up, 
Um, and I, I think it's I think it's certainly fine to have expectations for uh, of them. Um, but again, I, I think if you if you are in any way being derogatory or tearing them down, I, I, I just don't know that it's ever been productive. And I think you're right, Will, probably more than ever um, an awareness that if, if that's what you're about, you're probably going to need ultimately to find a different way to do it or go do something else. And and that's a part of the, of uh, being a modern coach. But what hasn't, Dave, is making sure that the kids are learning the lessons. And I think one of the things that you've been so effective with in your approach is that you're tough, you're fair, you give kids an opportunity, and at the same time, you're teaching those important lessons. Well, I, I hope so. And, and you know, I, 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 I've been really fortunate over the years. And the kids that I've coached, um, I, I think that they know that I'm there because I love them, I care about them, I want them to succeed. Um, and, you know, kind of like a, hopefully like a loving parent, there'll be the right amount of discipline when it's required. But discipline meant to meant to correct, not never to crush. Um, I think there's a big difference between discipline and punishment. Um, we're, we're not there to punish the kids in any way. Sometimes discipline's required to help bring the best out of them. But, uh, you know, we've been really fortunate. I've been doing it long enough now where the kids come back um, every once in a while, and it's great to have them say, you know, Coach, I really appreciate um, the investment of the time and the energy in, in me and in the, in the program. Um, that's pretty rewarding, and, and we've been really fortunate, at least at Hale, uh, to have a, a good number of those uh, stories. Hey, Dave, we're going to start to uh, wind it up a little bit, and uh, so I just want to give you one more chance. We're going to have uh, Derek Sparks on, too. We're going to have Derek a ring to sit down and talk about cleats versus cancer. Terrific. But I want to just touch bases with you one last time. Give us a little shout-out about um, FCA what people can do to help, and uh, tell them about your website and how they can they can get a hold of you. Terrific, yeah. Uh, if you just check out, it's uh, a Greater Seattle FCA website, and that will put you in touch either with myself or any of our staff. You can learn about the different programs, the different schools where we're at, uh, ways that we can hook you up to volunteer or, or have any of your support as well. Um, we, uh, again, we're just looking for folks to make an impact. It could be a thing, it, you, you know, you could be picking up pizza at Domino's and bringing it to a huddle, or you could be uh, spending time mentoring uh, one-on-one in small groups, uh, helping them academically, helping them uh, athletically. Uh, again, the more the merrier, and it, it makes a positive difference. And I think the positive uh, to you as a, as a person that's volunteering you'll be blessed more than maybe you are blessing others. It's, that's the great reward that you get to hang out with these kids. Um, we've got great kids in our communities, guys. I mean, we really, really do. Um, we just want to continue to unlock uh, their great potential. Dave, thanks so much for being with us. I uh, want to wish you and your family a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Uh, this is Dave Banks, the Seattle Area Executive Director of Fellowship for Christian Athletes. Uh, defensive line coach and Nathan Hale, and more importantly, a thundering herd. He's going to be rooting for them on Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so enjoy the that's game, right. Dave. And, and, and a Buffalo Bills fan. We didn't get into that. Con- yeah, congratulations on finding a player in Josh right. Allen. But, uh, hey, man, yeah, we'll, we'll we catch were, up soon. Thanks, Dave. Oh, we, we got to talk All about right, the Bills so next time. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate the time. Thank you for the opportunity. We appreciate right, you, man. Thanks, Thank Dave. you. All right, man. Have a go. That's uh, Dave Banks.
We're live at the backyard. 3820 South Ferdinand Street, home of the brisket. I haven't had a brisket in a while. I'm going to have to get Matty uh, uh, up here in a little while. Uh, his, uh, his Eagles found a way to keep it going. And I see some Saints fans. Maybe we could grab them on and, uh, and bring them over here. Uh, Lauren, our Cup fan, popped in for a minute. And uh, she's headed out. Uh, but just, uh, just a great, great environment, great place to be. You come down and join uh, everyone here at the backyard. It's like I said, well, it's been so much fun. It's been amazing. Time flies uh, when you're having a good time. And over the last three months, I mean, such a fun time here at the backyard. I, I remember when we'd come in and, and the, the, it would still be sunny and bright outside at, at, at about uh, 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. And of course, and not uh, anymore. we are in the, the, the depths of winter, the shortest days of the year. Yeah. But nevertheless, <laughs> It has gone so fast. Yeah, we have a Seattle winter going on. It's rainy, it's windy, and we're all kind of hanging it's, it's on. Dark, trying... It's dark at 4 o'clock. Yeah, but it's great, and it's bright in here. We're next to a Christmas tree. I've got my uh, holiday T-shirt on. You've got your holiday red. You're looking a lot more dapper than I am. I've got this, uh, this elf T-shirt, by the way, one of my favorite Christmas movies. In fact, uh, I'm lining up my Christmas movies. I've got Elf. I even got one that's not a big fan favorite, uh, Fred Claus. We're going to get the Home Alone. Uh, we'll get the, the one that everybody argues whether it's a Christmas movie or not. When the kids go to bed, we'll put the uncut version of Die Hard on. And we'll watch it's some Christmas movie. We'll watch some Die Hard. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll get into all that. We'll, we'll, do, a, we'll do a whole podcast on what's a Christmas movie and what's not. <laughs> so uh, it's, just, uh, it's just really a, a, a lot of fun here. And... Um, a lot of fun uh, this weekend for a lot of teams. Um, the weeks are getting really long. It's been a long season. With one bye week, we saw, uh, you know, we see the Rams lose. We see the Chiefs. You know, we've seen the powerhouse teams. Uh, you know, Cowboys were up and running. They get smashed by the Colts and don't put up a score. So we're starting to see some of this stuff now happening toward the end of the year. And... We're starting to see some of these things, this fatigue kind of setting in, uh, Patriots losing uh, with some of these teams. It'll be really interesting. Oh, there goes Richard David Smith the third. He Hi, just walked in. We got, we'll get him yes, on in a few minutes. So, um, once again, NFL season is getting a little bit long, and whoever gets those first two seeds that are going to get the bye weeks, it's going to be really, really important uh, for them. What's up, Richard? How you doing, buddy? Richard. Grab yourself a mic. Come over here. Grab a, grab a stool. Grab the mic with uh, the little white right here. It's so interesting that you mentioned that. Sorry. We were talking about Sorry. it, and, I, and really, I tell you, the, to, to, sustain, to sustain excellence in the NFL is such a long chore now. And uh, you could really tell, just since I have the last couple of weekends, some of these teams look really tired. Yep. You know, and, and, I, and I think there's a couple of teams out there who are not going to the playoffs. I think they're glad the season's over. I think they're, they're glad to kind of, to kind of get out and, and uh, hopefully play out the next couple of weeks. But the 16-game season uh, on top of the 20 preseason games, on top of that, the two and a half weeks before of training camp. And these guys, um, uh, you know, to, to put out that effort week after week, you can definitely tell, in my opinion, just from the sloppy play, um, even the officials seem a little bit out of sorts, you know, just and, and not 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 just bad calls, but but you know, maintaining the focus throughout an entire NFL game, and um, I, I really think that the the length of the season is starting to impact the games and how they're being played. 
hyperphysics, Mr. Himself, just walked in, Richard David Scott the Third. Good to see Man. you, brother. The energy drink scientifically formulated for the brain, the booster energy elixir for the nerd in you and all of us. He's joined us. Perfect timing. We just got off the phone with Dave Banks. We just hung up with him, and we just started talking about the long season. We saw the Saints lose. We've seen the Chiefs, the Rams, uh, you know, the Cowboys got blown out. You know. No, no, the Saints actually won tonight as Carol, when you were fixing up the equipment, the Carolina running back fumbled the ball going into the end zone, and they ruled that it was a touchback, taking away the touchdown that would have put them ahead in the game. Well, they've got the number one seed then, but it's been a long season, and um, a game, you know, going a game, back, going a game they easily could have lost, lost. They should have lost because they, uh, I believe, uh, their running back fumbled going into the end zone, and that was a touchback. So when did we see that? So that happened twice in this game. That's yeah. that's absolutely amazing, Richard. You want to talk about the letdown in uh, Santa Clara? Do we want to just jump into that, or you want to warm up first and talk about other teams before you kind of rip into your own? You were talking about the Saints game just now? Uh, we are talking about the Seahawks game yesterday. He's talking about what happened oh, in Santa oh, Clara, okay. that the the, four, the now 4-11 and 11, uh, New York football, or I'm sorry, San Francisco football 49ers beat the Seattle Seahawks. And for what a lot of people feel that that, might, that may have uh, – really impacted the Seahawks getting into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't believe they lost that one. Last time I was on your show, I, I uh, predicted they would win out. <clears throat> so, obviously, I, I'm wrong <laughs> on that one. It's all right. We're, we're I was hoping about, I'd at least about this week. One of the things I thought was interesting in the paper that players actually admitted this, and I know that um, I know for the Seahawks, you know, Pete Carroll believes in trying to win every single game. And you get pumped up. You, yeah. you can't. You can't play too high for a certain opponent. Oh my goodness! The Rams are in town. He talks about the fact that it's a, a faceless opponent. He was one that started yeah. really talking about that. And Chip Kelly started to buy into. There, there are no more rivalries. You want to start ramping up week after week. But the 49ers, they made it clear that they were going to try to beat the Seahawks yesterday. And they, they yeah. felt like for a lot of them, this was, you know, we were amped up like we've never been before in the locker room before the game. And as professionals, th that, that to me is the mark of a team. It isn't very good. Yeah, no. And you're going to get up for one game, but, you know, yeah. then you play the Raiders next week and you get beat. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, so you have to wonder if they really even are a playoff team, you know. Um, Seahawks. Seahawks, yeah. I mean, they may make it in, but. You know, how far will they really go if they can't beat San Fran on the road? You well, know? rivalry games always tough. We've had these conversations before. When you play divisional games, um, you know, it's just – you just never know. So, if you're – 49ers are bad, obviously. Uh, there's some revenge. They got smashed up here. Mm -hmm. I mean, they got blown out. <laughs> and, that was, and right then and there, you had to be concerned about the fact that they were now going to play uh, once again and there was going to be something else on the line. But divisional games can be tricky. You know, we've seen, you know, on NFC East, you know, yeah. we've seen, you know, bad NFC East teams. They're all bad this year. He's, he's but all, but I, want, I want to give my hats off to Kyle Shanahan. He's figured something out against the Seahawks. Well, the defense, too. Well, and, and, and certainly, certainly their defense. But, you but guys, let's, go, let's go to their offense. Well, you guys I, I, have I probably remember, covered the uh, Richard Sherman Factor. Well, no. Well, the, no, we just got started. I, I, I want to yeah. go. I want to go to, to Shanahan for a second. When the the Atlanta Hawks, the Atlanta Hawks, or the, sorry, the Atlanta Falcons, because I don't I don't follow the NBA anymore. The Atlanta Falcons had the ball on the one yard line with about two yeah. and a half minutes to go in the playoff game a couple of years ago, and no one goes ninety nine yards on the Seahawks. 
yet right. Matt Ryan took the Falcons 99 yards in about a minute and 15 seconds and scored a touchdown and really ended the game for the Seahawks yeah. at that time. Then you go back to this game yesterday, they had two 90-yard drives. I mean, they, they mix and match the plays well. Um, you know, they, they give Mullins plenty of time to throw the football. They protected them very well. But their schemes and how they were creating matchup problems for the Seahawks linebackers to go on two drives that long against a team that is kind of bend but don't break and, and doesn't try to they, – they just don't give up drives like that, I thought was really interesting. It's Hall of Fame Nick Mullins, baby. Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins, he, Mullins. He's going right to Canton. <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, it, he looks it's pretty Nick good. Mullins. Huh? No, it's it's going back to your point. I mean, uh, great punt coverage, great punt, you know, gets them all the way down there, and then they, they have these massive drives. Uh, the penalties did not help, and, and that was um, – you can argue a couple different ways. Some of them were really ticky-tack, and, you know, but they, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, that's just the NFL season, just the way things are. You know, the, the same kind of exact same plays might not even be called. So the penalties the- really hurt them a lot. But still, you, you've got to handle your business against this team. Um, I thought they ran the ball, and I think they didn't run it enough. You know, I, th- I thought that they could run the ball and be a little bit more effective. Uh, Carson was playing – uh, you know, he had a little beast mode in him, and he was playing really tough. I know he got banged up toward the end of the game. Um, but I, I think the 49ers, like you mentioned, it was, they had a great game plan against the Seahawks this, uh, this, up, this past week. Well, their, their, their work's cut out for him now. I mean, their, their work is obviously cut out for him now. I think we can downplay it as much as possible, but uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be a tough out uh, and they, uh, although this is a team that's had a couple of tough outs this year, but this is really going to be a, a tough matchup for them with uh, a, a, a great quarterback, several wide receivers, and the, uh, the fact that we're the, the Seahawks, and I say we because I'm still a Seahawks fan, we're not getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. And that, uh, that is something, although I thought I liked, I liked the blitz packages that Ken Norton came up with. They, they sent some linebackers. They did a couple of really nice types of things and changed some coverages. Unfortunately, they, the blitzes were picked up. I got to give uh, Nick Mullins credit. He stood back in the pocket and was able to make some throws. So um, we'll see what kind of pressure they're going to try to put on Pat Mahomes Sunday. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not too confident as a Seahawk fan about that. And then um, the... the, the the, the how Phoenix, how, uh, how the, the Arizona Cardinals, is <laughs> always a tough matchup. They're going to come up fired up, and knowing that if they can win that game, uh, and, and they're going to come out and they'll be going for it on every fourth down and, and really trying to create some problems for the Seahawks, it could be a tough couple of weeks here. Yeah, how about how horrible the kickers have been in, in all the NFL? Kickers are just putrid now, missing extra points, missing chip shot field goals. You know, it's kind of like, and then, I, you know, like you were talking about, I did hear like some of the conspiracy theories about the refs, you know, <laughs> take, making them lose on purpose and um, all that kind of stuff. But I just think the refs suck. I'm looking forward to robots replacing refs. But my, my, it's the, be- the beautiful thing about having sports radio is that we can, we can now get on on-air debates over arguments that we've had in the past. Because <laughs> oh, uh, I, I, as, as a high school football coach and as a football coach, I don't place much stock in the, into the kicker. And, oh, um, yeah, everyone who's ever played yeah, doesn't respect them. Yeah. Everyone who's ever coached, <laughs> ever coached at any right. level, you're, you're not going to sit back and say that your kicker lost you the ball game. That's and true. I, but I will point. say this. I will say this. You can't give up a, a, in, a, in a pretty much a playoff game, and every game for the last five weeks has been a playoff game for the Seahawks. You can't give up a, uh, you can't give up a run. You can't give up a, a – a, a, and their special teams, unfortunately, uh, could not get a hold. Yeah. When, when, and and the, kicker, the kicker did a great job. Yeah. Janikowski – 
um, after missing the extra point, he pinned the guy in the corner. He put the ball exactly where he wanted. The kid was in the, the, the lower left quadrant, and um, he went right up the sideline. He broke a tackle, and he was gone, and that's absolutely unacceptable in special teams coverage. Yeah. So we can talk about, about the, the kicker and missing the extra point, but the special teams gave up a, a touchdown they shouldn't have given up. I mean, yeah, I'm just wondering well, that's why. Just me. That's just me being a coach. Oh, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just more out of a curiosity wondering why kickers are missing so much more than it seems like they used to. I think they've um, – Field conditions? You know, you know my, my personal opinion, I think they've changed the football. Yeah. There, there's a, the, the ball that they play with is called a K-ball. And I think that the K-balls mm -hmm. are – going back to uh, Deflategate, I think that they're, they're inflated more. Mm -hmm. And they're also, if you notice, the K-balls are rounder. To me, I mean, hmm. I, I, mean now, I have no scientific proof of this. It's just what I see on my TV. Right. And um, I, I, we, my, my son and I have a really big TV now, so we're looking at this. But it's, it's like kicking a soccer ball. <laughs> well, you can ball. see the blades of grass yeah. now. So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I think, I think when you're kicking a round ball, 4K. Any, any angle that you put on it, if the, the holder, um, if the holder moves it at all, and you notice in a lot of these kicks, um, if the holder is holding the ball towards – the holder, the ball misses to the right. If he's pushed, mm. if the ball's held, the tip is over to the left, the ball's going to the left. And I really think that um, there are, there, there's, there's something to do with the ball right now. They're rounder, they're like a soccer ball. And I think mm. that they're, they're, that puts it's spin on the ball and the ball is spinning. I mean, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen so much hook on these kicks since I've been watching football since I was a kid. But I, I think everyone thinks that the ball that they're kicking is a ball that they're throwing, uh, throwing around. You know, they hustle the ball out of the receiver's hands, and they go ahead and kick with that ball. It's a completely different ball, the K-balls. And I think that has something to do with the, the type of kicking we're seeing right now. Yeah, and back to the referee thing, though, I really am looking forward to the day when, when robots and technology take it over. Mm -hmm. Like, could you imagine a baseball field with a robot umpire, like, behind the catcher? Right, right. <laughs> People would watch just for that, you know, yeah, just exactly. to see the robots running around. Right. Like, I was talking about real, you know, robot refs here. I, I think that's, I think that's ultimately going to happen. <laughs> really high vision, high vision, right. speed refs. And, and I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure the Seahawks fans and I'm sure the Seahawks coaching staff probably wish that, wish they had robot referees <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, um, you know, the the, the but, number of penalties. Uh, I think it was was was. 12 or 13 penalties, the yardage. Um, every, every 80 yards in a category usually ends up leading to a score. Yeah. And so, you know, you can, you can look at it a couple of different ways. If you gave up 148 yards, you either had almost two scores taken away from you via penalty yeah. or you gave them two scores via penalty. Hey, we have, that's a, that's a, that's a, we hey. have a fan coming on. He's a Saints fan. I'm going to get him a oh. microphone here. And uh, we'll just slide oh, okay. over here. Why don't you slide over uh, here? Alvin Kamara jersey on. We've got, see we've got some, uh, some Saints fans here uh, oh, rejoicing. The they are now, uh, what, 12-2 and two on the season. Yeah, the uh, NFC. How did Kamara get here? The the, game just Alvin Kamara, He's fast. The game. Come, He's, come yeah, he actually he just he finished up in, uh, in Carolina. Kamara's fast. Human, human pinball. Human yeah, pinball. Yeah. So, so what do you think about the game tonight? Uh, I thought it was ugly, man. It was uh, it was a win. A win is a win. But you know, uh, division games. We we'll go back to yeah, division games yeah. where and you it's, just it's on the road. It's on the road, so you know that's big time still. Um, that's now four zero against the Panthers in the last uh, last year and a half. So oh, they don't like you. Uh, yeah, not going though. well for them so far. Can, can, I gotta ask you a question. Yeah. Um, 
How do you become a New Orleans Saints fan? You got? Are you from New Orleans? You're, bo- you're born there. Yeah, <laughs> you're born in. There you go. There you go. I was, uh, I was born in New Orleans, so that's that's how it happens. Um, but yeah, that's that's how most of us get there. So. <laughs> There's not a whole lot to cheer for historically. They've been they've been good lately, but before that, man, it was uh, it was rough. It was See, rough. No, nobody in the hood ever rooted for the Saints. You know what I mean? <laughs> when I was younger, my grandfather gave me this picture, and I don't know why he had it. It was Art Manning. It was like. This yeah. classic like picture, and I don't know why he, he was a Browns fan. I don't even know why he had it, but like it was one of the things he gave me. So I always remember seeing that picture through my childhood. Well, Archie, Archie Manning Manny. was one of the great football players. Yeah. Unfortunately, he played on you know. You talk about the lean years in they, New Orleans. Back when they were the Aints, man. They dropped yeah. that first. Archie, yes, yeah. they were and, the Aints. And, and everybody had a brown paper bag, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, so it was one of those things. But, Ar- but those Manning days are over. Bad boy. Those the days Bobby are Hebert over. days had a few good years. You've got a future Hall of Fame quarterback, possibly the MVP of the league this year. Right. Um, he's playing incredible. He's turning back the clock. And um, everybody's clicking, and more importantly, the defense is playing well. Yeah, yeah, that's been a big you thing. Know, so um, they've, uh, I mean, recently it's been, uh, I think they're, they're first or tied for first in some of the major defensive categories here for the past, you know, six or seven weeks. So uh, that's been the big thing, man. The defense has really stepped up. You know, I was, I was worried about it because Fitzmagic went crazy that first week for the, for the, bu- uh, for the Buccaneers, man. And he, he uh, made it look like our defense was going to be a sieve all year. So it's, uh, it's been nice to see the change. Let me, let me ask you this question because uh, I'm a Seahawks fan, so I've known okay. my share of bad football <laughs> and lived through decades of bad football. Right. And uh, 2013 was so memorable. <laughs> and our Super Bowl game, you guys had such an exciting Super Bowl and to, to beat Peyton Manning at the interception at the end of the game, can you just tell me your feelings? As you, I mean, what I think, whenever I'm sort of feeling down, I think about I think about Super Bowl 48. Yeah. Do say <laughs> when you when you're feeling down, do you think about that game? And man, it, honestly, it was uh, at the time I didn't know. I, I I was numb a little bit. I didn't think it really happened. Like you're sitting there watching. I mean, you say a future Hall of Famer in Drew Brees and a, a surefire Hall of Famer in uh, in Peyton Manning, and you're watching him. And, and we just talked about Archie Manning. You know. Peyton, the Mannings are like the favorite family of the city of New Orleans. I mean, that's yep. they, they're royalty in that city. Uh, and so it was kind of wild to see that all come full circle there and have, you know, a, a team that's been so hungry for it and a city that's been so hungry for it. And, you know, it was, uh, it was recently after Katrina as well. So, you know, yep. it was, it was a, a city hurting for some positive, some positive direction. So uh, I think it's something that anybody who's a Saints fan and more importantly anybody that has, that has ties to the city and is from there, has family and friends from there, uh, yeah, it, it's it's something we all look back on so fondly, and it's still something we you know we we celebrate to this day. I mean, it's uh, it's 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 wild to see. Uh, a, a former Washington State Fuger football player, um, Steve Gleason. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Who yeah. has uh, uh, lateral sclerosis? No white. Hey, hey, no white flags, baby. Come on. No, and, yeah. and, uh, and and what a. What a great, uh, what a great source of inspiration for yeah. for for Saints fans, um, and, and obviously the, the connection up here at, at, at Washington State. Um, when you think about Steve Gleason and, and that incredible block kick uh, mm. against um, who was it? against the that was Monday Night Football, Monday Night right? Football. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, you know, after Katrina and the, the first game back at the Super at the Superdome, um, and, and and you guys, but to think to think about that man's courage as he's been dealing with this, and what a, what a source of inspiration he's become for the New Orleans Saints. Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, he's uh, he's somebody that that team. I mean, still to this day, they point to that man. I mean, he's he's somebody that you see on on a broadcast. He's up in the stands, and uh, you know, as much as he can, obviously, his his health is uh, ALS is is a terrible, terrible, yep. uh, terrible disease, and his health has has deteriorated, obviously, as as a result of that. But um, He's somebody that still to this day, I mean, that team draws on. Drew Brees, you know, is, is pointed to him and, and talked, you know, uh, extensively about Steve Gleason and the impact they've had. And uh, 
I think he's still somebody that can be an inspiration to us all. I mean, he's the way he uh, he attacked that and, and you know really kind of faced it head on. It's uh, I, I hope that I have that courage with you know if I'm ever faced with anything even half as daunting as that to have that courage. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, man. You know, um, we're gonna fast forward to a couple of weeks from now. The season's almost over. You've uh -huh. got two games left. Um, the playoffs are gonna go through New Orleans. And the Saints, I hope so. <laughs> and, no, it's pretty much it's a done deal. Yeah. You know, with the Rams lose, you know, being in the situation they are, the, you know, this this was a huge game for the Saints. It pretty much just kind of locked everything up. Um, they're a different team. Yeah, at, at home, they're a monster. On the road, they're you know, if you're a fan, you're you're worried. Like tonight, right? Yeah, tonight, yeah. No, th right. that's that's the is Saints the Super team. Bowl in New Orleans this year. No, Super Bowl is not, but they would go. Oh. The entire NFC march would go through. So, so uh, it must be an even year. We're, then, we're hoping yeah. that for one game, they can get off that uh, off that road slide. A well, they've bit, done so. it already. Yeah, so yeah. they they've already won well, that. They Super get it like Bowl, every so. other year, right? <laughs> so <laughs> seems like it. Man. It seems like they're always down in the quarter. I see. I see your boys out there with some great jerseys. You got Alvin Kamara out there. With uh, what, number 41 and, and certainly one of the great saints of today. Where's the Bobby Bear jersey? Let me ask you this. <laughs> and, and he's bringing up Bobby Bear and uh, Gil Finnerty. Deuce McAllister. There you go. There's the mayor of New Orleans. Who's your, who's your favorite all-time uh, uh, New Orleans saint? Uh, man, so um, I got to give some love to Jimmy Graham. I know, Jimmy I know he Graham. didn't. I know he didn't. I know he didn't really pan out for you guys here in Seattle as much as uh, as much as you probably anticipated. But uh, but back in the day, Jimmy uh, Jimmy with the Saints was was unreal. But really, if I'm going uh, favorite all time saying, I got to throw it back to Joe Horn and uh, pull, pulling the pulling the phone out of the goalpost is legendary. Not Aaron Brooks. Legendary. What about Aaron Brooks? Yeah. Uh, Aaron Brooks. The fact that Aaron Brooks, uh, the fact that a couple weeks ago Drew Brees had the or the Saints had the lowest output since Aaron Brooks was oh. the quarterback. Yeah. Aaron Brooks, you know. Uh, Whenever his name's mentioned. Good dude, but uh, I. I, I I can't help but kind of associate him with some with some dark times for the Saints. So you know, uh, you, you had a you had a tight end or slash wide receiver, depending on how you played, out of uh, University of Hofstra, and uh, he played for you. That was uh, Colson, right, Marquise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right, yeah, Colson. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was a he was a great player. He used to play with uh, in the same university that Wayne Corbett came out of, and a bunch of other guys. That program is now. Uh, been closed. There's no right. longer a football program there. So he's one of the last great players to come out of that university. Yeah. So he was always fun to watch. No, Colson was, he was amazing. Man. He, he, he was uh, an incredible player. And, uh, he, you know, we're talking about fun guys to like. Well, obviously, there's a lot, right? We're starting with right here. Yeah. You know, there's so many great players that the Saints have had. But just thinking about a player that kind of came out of nowhere, kind of like a Wayne Cabet, that really found himself a home in New Orleans right. and had a great career. He's one of the players I think about when I think about the Saints. I yeah, think the yeah. greatest saint is Ditka. <laughs> Rick, Ricky Williams. Ditka, Ditka is the greatest football guy. I mean, he's he's a football guy from from the from the word go there. So, but no, no. I mean, you're exactly right with Colson, and I think he's he's one of a line of a, of a bunch that's been kind of uh, you know hate him or love him. That's been really what what Sean Payton has has kind of found his success with. Is he goes and he finds these hidden gems, and he gets these guys that are undrafted or you know that, that are these late round guys and uh, they flourish in his system and it's 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 wild to see I mean you've got some guys now that are that are out there because you had uh, you had you know Ted Ginn go down with an injury and yep. you had uh, Tommy Lee Lewis but, tell me something new Ginn has so. gone down with an injury his whole career <laughs> well you, you know you're right, you're right every year he goes yeah, down Miami exactly everywhere right. exactly right. down, so. let me ask you this the, the, the New Orleans Saints make it to the Super Bowl, not necessarily win the Super Bowl because it's all at one game, but New Orleans Saints make it to the Super Bowl if blank happens. I think it's if they, uh, they stay committed to the running game. Um, I, it's, it's a weird, weird thing, but um, 
the the last four times that Drew Brees has uh, has gone without a touchdown pass <laughs> in a game, they're four and zero. So it's it's a weird stat because you think Brees, you think Hall of Famer, you think Saints traditionally, you think air it out. Uh, but really, here the past couple of years, especially with the two-headed monster with Ingram and Kamara, they uh, they really have become a run-first team. So I think as long as they stay committed to the run, um, and I, really as long as the defense keeps playing the way it's been playing recently here, um, I think that's what they need to lean on, lean on in order to remember uh, to when uh, Breeze had the thing removed from his face. Remember he had like the oh yeah yeah on the on and this, yeah what was it Jim Rome was always giving him crap about that or one of those radio guys <laughs> who does Jim Rome not give crap to birthmark right yeah it was a birthmark yeah he had a birthmark that was a shame you know the Jim Jim Rome is a is a he, he needs to come on NYC yeah <laughs> we would talk to Jim Rome oh you did yeah, talk to him no we we would like to oh we like yeah, yeah. we would yeah. like to yeah. Jim Rome's a character man he's a, he 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 found his niche and he made a living off of it I guess but, yeah uh, Jim Everett. Was, that was yes. never my thing. So. Yeah, so I, I don't know if you're old enough to remember when they, he had the fight that. on TV with Jim Everett. He was a quarterback of the Rams. Yeah, and, yeah. And called them uh, – he called him pretty much a female, right? He was yes. making fun of uh, – oh, Chris Everett. He was calling him Chris, Chris Everett. Chrissy. Chris, yeah, Chris yeah. Everett was the tennis player. And then a uh, fight pretty much broke out on the set of the TV. Because uh, that's always a good show. look. Go ahead and do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to, to, to an NFL guy. Right, yeah, right. You, yeah. you could probably – 6'2", 220, right, whatever yeah. it is. To no. a tennis player, maybe to a major, major league baseball player. I wouldn't even do it to a major league baseball no, player. I wouldn't mess with Serena Williams. Yeah, definitely yeah, wouldn't. You, you definitely would both, do it. Man, no. No. But, but to do it to an NFL Serena player – Williams is four times the athlete I've ever even dreamt of being. And it's funny because, like, you know, defensive dudes want to kill you and offensive dudes like quarterbacks, they're they're trying not to be killed. <laughs> so I mean, there's no there's no soft touches in that game. Yeah, and yeah. you're gonna tease it. You're thinking, oh, it's just a pretty boy quarterback. And um, <laughs> Jim Jim Everett took offense to it. Yeah, I, well, I, I, so, I knew a lot of the old Saint players because I used to take them a lot in Madden. Remember when okay. I was a kid? <laughs> oh, yeah. And I would play. So they had they were a fun team. Yeah, you know, they yeah. had they had some guys. Uh, what I like about New Orleans is that's one of those cities where you feel like the team is really. The people's team, you know what I mean? Like in, yeah. in New yeah. York, it's kind of you know, who can afford to go to that anymore, right. you know? But like right. in New Orleans, that's one of those rare cities where like, yeah, this is really the people's team. Yeah, no, I, I think that's definitely the case. Um, and you know, I, I mentioned uh, the, the the Super Bowl win and, and you know how mm. how impactful that was after Katrina. I think um, you know no more has it been seen than that time. And you, you mm. know, you had the, the Times Picayune, the, the newspaper down there, you know, comes out and it. Immediately, the headline the next time is "Blessed Boys," and it's you know it's just talking about the impact yeah. that, that that team has on the city. So it's uh it's definitely something where they, um, you know, the city feels like they have a lot of ownership in the team, and the team gives back and has such an impact on the city that I think it you know that that goes both ways and it fosters a lot of goodwill there. What what brought you to Seattle? I'm actually I'm here visiting my brother. Uh, he's uh, he's in the Coast Guard, and so he's up here stationed oh, uh, stationed with you guys up here. So uh, I got a uh, got a little got a little time away. So I appreciate your boys in the Coast Guard. Appreciate yeah, it. yeah. Thank you. Shout out to the Coast Guard. They're uh, they're great great group of guys up here. All so. right, so, so we'll wrap it up. We're gonna call uh, Derek Sparks and get him on the phone. Uh, last uh, last question for you. Um, concerns uh, as the season winds down. Who's the team that you really kind of concerned about going into the playoffs? And um, th that might be a roadblock for you guys getting into the Super Bowl. So I, uh, I got to say that I am uh, a fantasy football player as well, and I've got the Chicago Bears defense, mm. and uh, Chicago scares me right now. That that team is. Uh, but Chicago has to go to New Orleans. They they would have to come to New Orleans. It'd be but different if you had to go. Is it even called Soldier be, Field anymore? Be, I I, yeah, I mean, I still call it Soldier Field. <laughs> yeah, Soldier I think Field. so. Oh, but, forever. Uh, 
No, it, that team, that scares me. Though. That, that defense is uh, – they're the real deal. They've, they've really looked good, and uh, they got a young quarterback who looks like he knows what he's doing. So, um, And Nagy's a good, a good coach, and he comes from that, you know, that Kansas City Chiefs uh, system that's, that's flying right now. So uh, that's the one that probably – What was your name again? I'm Parker. Parker. Up, Parker he, pa- Parker's a smart man. So how did you win <laughs> the football you. games? Run the ball, and who are you worried about? Teams that have great defense. Defenses. So if, you, if it's running defense, that's, that's the bread and butter. Everybody thinks about the passing game, the bread and butter of winning football games. If you can run and control the clock, play great defense, you're going to be in good shape. So best of luck I, to I you think, and the Saints. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, you yep. too. Thank you. Pleasure, Thank Parker. You, Parker. Thank you all so much. Thank you. You're going to try to give uh, Derek uh, Sparks Derek, a call? Say hello to Mayor Deuce McAllister for me. Thanks. <laughs> What's up, boys? Thank you. Thank you, guys. Enjoy the rest of the evening. It's Coach Sparks. Coach Derek Sparks, Juan Cotto on NYC Live. How are you, man? Doing well. How are you? We're doing real good. Will and I are just sitting here, and we're interviewing a few New Orleans Saints fans, if you can believe that. Oh, is that right? Hey, we want to touch bases with you and find out how things are going as we are uh, just uh, a few short days away from what's going to be a very, very exciting event, uh, Cleats versus Cancer. So tell us how it's going. How's it going, guys? Derek, how you doing, buddy? Doing well, doing well. How's everything going with Cleats versus Cancer? Man, we're, we're uh, so far so good. we got our uh, rosters uh, finalized, uh, got roughly... 120 athletes wow. uh, on the north and south. Pretty exciting stuff. Um, you know, we just uh, had a parenting meeting tonight with the south team. Beautiful. Just kind of rallying some of the parents who want uh, want to get involved and volunteer on game day and do some tailgating and and help out with the auction. And uh, and so we're excited, man. We're excited because the community is excited. Did you get a call from uh, Jenna Hancher tonight? Got a call from her. Talked about. <laughs> yep. Talked about King Five News and doing a awesome. doing a uh, a piece with her and good. And of course, yeah. I, I, of course, I had to let her know that Chris Egan had reached out as well, and so maybe you know she she wanted to have a conversation with him because she he has he has some prior footage uh, from the season of, of me coaching at PLU and our head football coach. Uh, talking to him about you know how the Lutes have uh, supported Zaley through her her cancer battle so um, but yeah I think it'll all work out good I'm glad this is a uh, Derek Sparks we have on the line um, he, we have a game on December 29th cleats versus cancer it's a football showcase in Kent Washington French field at 1 p 1 it's a game to honor Zaley and other kids fighting against cancer this showcase is to raise money for children fighting cancer and if we would love to have everyone show up to the game but if you cannot show up to the game we want you to text cleats to 41411 that's cleats to 41411 get on there Hashtag claim it. It's game time against cancer. Derek Sparks is telling us about the game and uh, the excitement leading up to the game. Go ahead, Derek. Absolutely. You know, with, with an event like this, just working out logistics, uh, we got our, our uh, officials confirmed today. So we'll awesome. have a, our, our – yeah. I thanks, hope they're better thanks, than the Mr. NFL Cardo. officials, right? They're better than NFL? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, you know, that's... that's we we won't mind a quick whistle here. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I'm in good company. You know, Juan Cotto, you know, hooked all that up. All I had to do was make the phone call. That's so awesome. Once I mentioned his name, they, they were they were uh, bending over, bending over, just wanting to help. So I, I hear there's a rumor out I there. I done that when we were in Franklin. Well, well, I, I I want to confirm the rumor, Derek. There's a rumor that you're gonna dust off the Cougar jersey and pad up. Is is there any uh, truth to that? Are we gonna see the cleats <laughs> get dusted off and you come running out of the tunnel? <laughs> oh man! You gotta do you it. What. You gotta do it. <laughs> Hey, hey, maybe 20, 20 pounds lighter ago, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>, Fullback. <laughs> that is oh, great. Man. We're so excited for you and the family, and we see that this is really picking up a lot of steam, and uh, we're, just, uh, we're just so happy to have this event. We're going to keep promoting it and, uh, and letting everyone know about it there on December 29th and, and see the festivities. And, um, you know, more importantly, we want to wish you and your, and your family uh, Merry Christmas and, and Happy Holidays. Um, you know, Thank you. It, it's, it's always a tough time, but with so much positivity going on at this time, we hope that something like this is lifting everyone's spirits. Absolutely. And I think, you know, what, what I got out of this process so far is there's, there's players, you know, that are in the same fight that we are. Either the mom is it had a bout with cancer and beat it, or, or somewhere someone is ill as we speak, or maybe someone you know was lost to, to to cancer. So I've learned I've learned that through the process, just talking to these players and these families, man, it is it, has affected the the community, man, and it, whether it was directly or indirectly. And so I, I, I kind of a confirmation for me that we're doing the right thing. And then when you got people like Ian Furness who you know, signed on to do the play-by-play, and, and you know, is just confirmation that you know, folks are rallying around us and and, and want to help out. You know, uh, Damon Heward gave some auction items today. Said his his best uh, uh, white wine is hasn't even been released to the public yet. Drew Bledsoe's come on board and and donating some of his double back wine. Uh, I mean, that, that's good stuff on, too. On. I've had that before. That's that's good stuff. Absolutely. And then what you guys are doing, man. You guys are are you know so gracious to have me on and and, and give me some time to talk about you know the the benefit game and, and and our goals and what we're trying to accomplish, man. It just means a lot, and and we're very appreciative. Hey, how? Give us an update on Zile and and where she is on her treatment. Um. So she she came down with a little bit of a cold, which is, you know, alarming because you know what chemo does is it strips the strips your immune system away. So so you know we're kind of watching watching that closely. The doctors are watching that closely, and you know, it's making sure that she she's gonna recover from that. Um, but yeah, man, you definitely can't get get sick with any kind of infection when you're going through you know, chemotherapy, um, no. not a good thing. So again, like all the, all the prayers and all, all of the inspiring words that the folks have been, you know, uh, uh, you know, throwing our way is, 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 you know, definitely meant a lot and we can feel those prayers. And just a couple of days ago, man, you know, uh, uh, on, uh, it was at, I think Friday when I was at Kennedy Catholic, you know, had, the whole gym, the whole school, you know, pray for us and rally around us. And, and if you can imagine students putting land hands on you and praying yeah. in front of the whole school, I, I posted a picture of uh, of that on my on my Twitter. 
We had uh, lost uh, Derek Sparks. Just wanted to finish up the thought with him. Uh, we had a problem with our connection. Uh, at 10 a.m. at the stadium, recruiting 101 for parents. So if you get there at 10 a.m., uh, all parents are going to get this um, this recruiting process, and, and they kind of learn about the process, and they're going to be able to hear from the coaches. And uh, it's going to be a great experience for any of the parents that have, uh, whether they have kids in this game or kids playing high school football. Uh, we've had um, Scott uh, Lego, uh, president of Student uh, Athlete Advocates, and he's talking about learning about the process, even at middle school, about uh, getting educated for the student athletes. So any parent that's not educated about that, come on down to the game on December 29th. Um, so Scott doing that presentation? At, uh, I have no idea. At uh, French Field at Kent, Washington. The game starts at 1, but you could get there as early as 10 a.m. Uh, because that's when they're going to do the recruiting uh, process, and they have this whole uh, big uh, benefit for the parents so they can learn more about that process. So we encourage uh, any parent to come on down. First off, it's a great event. You want to support the event. Uh, raising money for for kids with cancer. I mean, I mean, I can't put it any simpler. <laughs> there isn't anything more simple than to say this is a great cause. This is the time of giving. No matter what your basis is, your religion, your beliefs, this is a time of year that we want to think about others and give. So what a great way to come down and give. And if you can't come down to the game for whatever reason, um, hey, text cleats to four one four one one. So that's cleats. And you take out, you, you, tag, you, you text cleats, and then the number you put in is 41411. And we can't thank Derek Sparks enough for putting on this event and being so inclusive and doing this for his daughter. And we know that his daughter's not feeling well right now. And, uh, you know, like anything, you know, she's having this uh, tremendous bout with cancer and she's feeling under the weather. And uh, like he, uh, Derek mentioned, when your immune system is down, uh, everything is a lot more difficult. So um, our thoughts and prayers are with her. And uh, we're really excited about um, this event going on. And what we're really excited about is uh, our event here at the backyard, 3820 South Ferdinand Street, is, uh, is slowly coming to an end. And it was a lot of fun being here and having the support of uh, so many different people and having great guests on our show. And uh, we're just really thankful to be a part of this and uh, thankful that we could put great guests on and they could talk about uh, a litany of things. And, and a really good show. I mean, it was so much fun working with you um, and, and taking all of our conversations that we have in the middle of the day and uh, kind of hold them off and come over to the backyard and, and, and talk in sports because sports, sports is fun, Will Sanchez. Sports is fun. Unless you're losing. Fun. Unless your team is losing, <laughs> like my Giants team. If my Giants team is losing, it's not fun. But that's a, that's my issue. But I, I wanted to say, I mean, you and I have uh, had, had such great conversations over the years. But uh, what a special dynamic that uh, Dory Bennett brought this year, and, and she's so much fun to work with. And I'm looking forward to, to to working with you guys in the future on on taking our show to the next level. But she brought such a special dynamic. She knows the game so well. She knows the players, um, and has such great insights on so many aspects at the University of Washington. And it, it was just so much fun spending time with her this year and uh, I just really enjoyed it and and uh, it's too bad that she couldn't be here tonight to finish things out but I know that we will be doing some shows in the future so we're gonna take the next couple weeks off uh, to yeah we'll probably be back in about three weeks uh, we can't thank uh, Richard Davis Scott the third 
You know, you can catch him on Twitter, and his uh, RDS3 is hyperphysics.com, an energy drink, scientifically formulated brain. Uh, Juan, we need to get you some of that because it's a booster energy elixir for the nerd in you, and we I might can, be able to we, use a lot we might be able to fix that brain oh of yours. Goodness. You know, since you're uh, still a Mariners fan, maybe maybe the elixir will fix it, but uh, I don't know if it's that strong. But it was check out hyperphysics dot com and get that uh, energy booster uh, because not only is uh, Richard a great sports fan, but he's a scientist. Yep. <laughs> he knows what he's doing here, and uh, we're so thankful for you being here, uh, joining us here, Richard. Yeah, thank you. That was a nice thing you did for the, <clears throat> you know, the cancer victims. Yeah, we're uh, any you know we're a community radio station. We're we're doing a show in the community. Mm -hmm. uh, we have ties to the community, even though. Uh, I'm more of a New York tie, but, you know, we've always uh, tried to give back in whatever community that uh, we've been a part of, whether it's New York or uh, Seattle or any other uh, places that I've uh, lived at. Um, and it's uh, it's really important. We've had great guests from uh, Upower uh, that they do so much great community work. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we were talking about it earlier today because, you know, R Richard, this has been a successful enterprise. I mean, Will Sanchez and I, we're talking about doing the sports show, which every day at noon, yeah. we sit there talking for a couple hours. Um, I don't want to tell my boss that, but yeah, we're talking for a couple hours. And we're talking sports. And, um, and one of these days, we need to do a sports show. And you just think about what we've done over the last nine months. I mean, we, we start calling baseball games um, for Rainier Avenue Radio.World and Tony Benton. Uh, thank you for giving us that opportunity. And it was so much fun to be able to call some games and get out there and, and, and to, to report what not only some of the, the great baseball teams in high school in our community you're doing but some of these that we called a, a game between Cleveland and Franklin and just you know two coaches that are working to to keep the program together and provide an opportunity yeah. for kids and it's so much fun to do that this this spring then Will Sanchez and I get to do some some playoff baseball games get to go to the state tournament and then Tony Benton says hey you know you guys can can, can should consider doing a live show or a, a show a recorded show and, um, and NYC was born, and we had talked about it. And um, Will being from New York, me being from Seattle, so they catch the moniker NYC. And, uh, and we have so many stories that we can tell. We're not going to tell them here, but we had, some, we had some incidents and some episodes. And then to end up the last you know, 13, 14 weeks here um, at the backyard and, uh, and, and – um, just such great <laughs> staff to work with and having so much fun. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, we, 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 we've really got some, some great st stories. Oh uh, we'll, we'll do off, off air. <laughs> but um, it's, it's, just been, it's just been so much fun. Community and, um, radio. It has been community radio at its best. And, but, but most importantly, we've been able to promote things in our community. And uh, I, I'm so proud of the work that we've done. And to be able to promote uh, this this cleats versus cancer before anyone else's because it's going to be on King Five and Ian's going to do a big special on it on KJR Radio. But to know that we were first, yeah, started and we're here, helping Derek promote that. It started so, right here, mm -hmm, and and to help him with some of the challenges that he's faced with putting that game together. And it's going to be a real special program down in Kent next week. Can so, I bring, can I mention one? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, Last kind of you know New York and and. Pacific Northwest Connection. Yeah. Uh, Will and I were talking about it earlier, but uh, Northern Exposure, the show ah. that was filmed about, what, two hours from here in Rosalind, mm -hmm. Washington, uh, they're going to reboot it. And, you know, the, the central character in that show, remember, was Dr. Joel Fleischman. He was the uh, the New doctor from New York yep. who couldn't stand being in Alaska, you know. Yep, yep. And 
now there's there's rumors that Maggie O'Connell will not be in it. You know, we and, and she she was the Jane main reason Turner. to watch the show. She was so cute. Oh, she was. So, I, I found her so attractive. She was so cute. She was cute. And her go. Huh? Was yeah. That the short hair girl? Yeah. Oh, the, with the short. I love the little short hair. Yeah, little, yeah. She had the cute little look. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, what's going on? I don't know. There's some cute girl in Alaska. That's I'm watching the show. <laughs> I, the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, she was, you know. And, but to me, you know, the show was still always about the town, you know, and the, and the writers and the characters were great. But I think as long as the writers are strong, I think it'll come back. They they got they got to get her in. They got to figure it well, out. And and she's got to she's got to go on. And Rob Morrow, who plays the main character, um, Joel Fleischman, yep, kind of dispelled that rumor. He said, you know, everyone's going to be part of it in some way. He don't believe that, you know, she's even though she said it herself. Yeah, you know, but well, maybe after some uh, positive feedback, because I mean, uh, I'm a big fan of uh, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, that, that right. stupid comedy show. I love it, and it got mm-hmm. uh, it got canceled on Fox, and there was enough. Uh, uproar on Twitter that NBC bought the rights and they're coming back in January. Yeah. So maybe this was, you know, this is probably a test. Maybe maybe we need to do this with NYC. Maybe it was a test. They threw it out there on Twitter saying this was going to happen, see what kind of feedback it was, generate some publicity for the show and saying that she's not coming back and there's a big uproar. So it might have been a very interesting uh, kind of dynamic to, to, to yeah. put that out there and, uh, and get everybody uh, an- you know, ready and anticipated for the, for the reboot of the show. Yeah, so I thought it was a good little you know, last New York. Yeah, definitely. Pacific Northwest connection to kind of bring it full circle for you because you're kind of, you know, they get the New York and the, yeah. and the Seattle guy. That's the dynamic, right? And we're here, we're here at NYC. Uh, thank you to the backyard, 3820 South Ferdinand Street. They've been great to us. Matt, our favorite bartender slash Philly fan. Um, he's very excited. His Eagles are still alive. And if his Eagles are alive, that means that the Cowboys are closer to being dead. So that's always good to me. Good, good for me because I can't stand the Cowboys. No, nah, I can't stand. I can't stand the fans more than the the Cowboys themselves. The fans are really kind of arrogant. Um, not to say that New York fans aren't, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> like you like you said, when they're winning, uh, when when they're winning, uh, everyone gets a little everyone gets a little cocky when yeah. the team is winning. Oh, yeah, but the Dallas hasn't won in a long time, and they're Boy, still cocky. It, it's been it has been a while. <laughs> it's been and, and them getting thumped by the Colts, seventeen nothing, was just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Oh, it yeah. just there was just a little warm spot in my heart. So uh, you remember Steve Spurrier, right? you know from yeah yeah <laughs> back in his day when he used to. Dominate with the Gators, he would talk a lot of trash. There's like some classic. He wasn't know. talking trash when we went to South Carolina. No, no, and, and I think so. A reporter asked him, like, "You don't talk trash anymore." He's like, "Well, I'm not winning." Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and you saw that uh, Mike Leach at Washington State hired uh, some young kid, uh, some kid named Steve Spurrier Jr. to help him recruit in Florida. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, some, 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 so, uh, so some that's good news Gators. for the Cougars that's because the Cougars, that means. Yeah. Most likely that he's sticking around. They, he's got Steve Spurrier, little Spurrier, with him, and uh, <laughs> yeah, they're gonna go find. Uh, they're, they're gonna find some uh, some of their kind of some of their OKGs. I don't know if they, I don't know if the, if the Cougars call them OKGs, but uh, he seems to find guys that that work for his system, and uh, they'll have uh, the the father of the modern day passing game, uh, the old ball coach's younger son, uh, uh, or namesake, going out there recruiting players. It'll be Washington State will be pretty good in the next couple of years, trust me. Uh, speaking of, I, I know this is different, right? But um, I, I just saw the promo for the Rose Bowl, 
and um, Dory's going down to the Rose Bowl. So um, I'm going to uh, work with her to see if we could uh, get some interviews. And uh, hopefully we'll have some interviews from some of the Husky players uh, in January. So it might be a week after the Rose Bowl. We'll, we'll probably come back on in, um, you know, you know, week after uh, New Year's Eve. Um, oh, New Year's Day. So we'll we'll work on that next show, and we'll we'll put some publicity out there. But uh, no, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I guess so. And um, we, hopefully, we'll get some interviews and talk about uh, the Rose Bowl and, and see how the Cougars did and the playoff format and so on and so forth. So there, there's still a lot of exciting things to talk about uh, in a couple of weeks when we get back on. So uh, we'll we'll bring that to you, and uh, hopefully, we'll have some good sound bites. Um, from the Huskies. Well, I mean, it's it's always exciting to go to the Rose Bowl. So, uh, and you know, it's uh, it is still the granddaddy of them all. It has still got the, in my opinion, it's got the most beautiful setting of all the bowl games. I don't care where the national championship games and the championship game is being played. Um, Pasadena is, you know, I've been to I've been to four Rose Bowls and have loved every single one of them. Haven't been since Drew uh, since uh, since Drew Brees played the Huskies and Marcus Suyasasopo back in 2000. So it's been a while since I went to one that the University of Washington was in. But uh, but nevertheless, um, it's uh, it is a great experience to go down there and, and the way that that stadium is situated uh, and and uh, just the spirit of the game, the, the fact that I still think it's a two o'clock game. You know, it's kind of a, a matinee game in the afternoon. Um, the weather's always great down there, although the, the game against Michigan we went to in 92, that was a that was a downpour. Uh, and my good friend Glenn Tanner texted me tonight. He saw a replay of that game. They are still trying to tackle Tyrone Wheatley, the Husky defense. Um, just couldn't tackle that, that great Michigan running back at the time. And uh, it's scary because a lot of the kids that we watched that day, their their kids are now playing college football for crying out loud. Well, but, he wasn't uh, great with the Giants, I'll tell you that right no. now. <laughs> and, 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 and there was another – Ron Dane wasn't great with the Giants either. That's so. Right. Uh, uh, not all these uh, college running backs uh, pan out uh, well. I know, know that uh, I know that we're <laughs> as a Husky fan. I'm not excited about the prospects uh, of taking on a very very powerful, a very very athletic, angry. a very very fast, and a very very angry um, and, and, and coached by coached by a, a, a madman in his last game, Urban Meyer. Um, they're going to come out. They're going to play extremely hard for that man, and uh, they're, they're going to be an extremely tough matchup for the Huskies and. Uh, you, you certainly, you certainly, and the Cougars have LSU, and, you know, and the Cougars have LSU. I mean, so it's a, it's two football games. You don't want to get behind early. Uh, you want to keep the crowd out of it. You want to keep big plays out of it. But certainly, I tell you, Ohio State and LSU with the athletes they have, um, the schools up here from the Pacific Northwest have a real tough, tough matchup coming up for both but, of them. What do you think the over under is on uh, the Cougars and LSU? Oh, Without wow. looking at any numbers. We're not looking at any numbers. I would probably say 87 and a half. What do you think? Do you have any, uh, any opinion there? 16,000. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Richard's probably close. I, 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 bet you, I bet you the over-under is probably in the 20s. Take a look. Because LSU can't score, and the Cougars might not be able to score <laughs> on them. I we see. saw the Huskies shut down the Cougars. I'm just concerned that this might be a, a, a nine to six kind of game, oh, okay. you know, just because of. See, I told you I know nothing about college. Yeah, that's why. That's why it's fun to get. That's why it's fun to get your take. It's like sixteen thousand. Yeah, well, I'll take down on that one, but it'll be close. <laughs> but um, you know, hopefully it's entertaining, no matter what the score is, right? I mean, that's all we care about is, uh, you know, being entertained. 
uh, especially as we get to the end of the year. Uh, football season's winding down in two weeks. It'll just be the playoffs. Uh, college football is pretty much over, except for the one, you know, for the teams that are uh, playing in bowl games, and, and that's already starting to happen. Uh, we've got games coming up this week. We've got uh, we've got a game we had on. Uh, we had uh, Dave Banks on uh, earlier tonight on our show, and his uh, Thundering Herds are playing on Thursday. So we're starting to see some of these bowl games kind of uh, are starting to pick up steam and in the next two weeks we'll see we'll see a ton of them uh coming on uh on uh tv and uh it'll be a your last hurrah because once football season is over we get the big lull and then we get ready for baseball yeah. you know and I mean, god forbid we spend time with our family you know i mean that can't happen no 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 that's that's, uh, that's why yeah we, why can't you come you know you hang out grab grab a nice cold beverage and get a burger and uh some fries and uh you know? my, 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 uh, I have a good friend, uh, Brian Kuhn. He's the defensive coordinator up at Nathan Hale High School. And in 2011, he took a year off of coaching football to, uh, to work on his marriage and had some challenges and, and some, some opportunities they were working on. And uh, Sarah looked at me and said, you must think he's crazy. You would never do that. I said, if I, if I can't get it right in nine months of the offseason, if we can't get it right, how are we going to do it during football season? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> never, I would never take that time off. Oh, man, that's great. Oh, no, no, no. Anyway, no, what's the over-under? The over-under for the uh, – I'm just kidding, kidding honey. I, I, I know that you're really happy because the Steelers won yesterday. So, um, Yeah, you could pretty much first, say yeah. anything. She's a huge yeah. Steelers fan, so um, – Let's see. The uh, as, as well my wife doesn't care about any of this. So Fifty-five <laughs> and a half. Fifty-five and a half. I'll take the under. Over, under. I'll take the under the on LSU that one. Washington State game. I'll take the under on that. Easy. And, yeah, I'll, yeah. and I'll and I think I'll cover by ten points. Might well be. Uh, yeah. Might well be. You'll take. Anyway, let's wrap it That's up. Football. A quick shout out to my my beautiful wife Shathai out there. Hi. Hi. I think she's actually watching. So. Hyperphysics. Um, I just want to say. Or if it's um, even, I don't even know if that's going anymore. But. No, it's not. Uh, That's all right. Uh, It'll be on the podcast. Just, just want to mention. Just, just find the little section that you say it on the podcast and say, "Hey, just listen to ten seconds of this, and you're good to go." Just, just want to mention uh, two close friends of mine, um, and life goes fast. A young lady by the name of Remy Rochford down in Southern California who passed away from uh, acute myeloid leukemia, and uh, oddly enough, uh, found out uh, very, very late. Uh, early in November that she was suffering from the disease, uh, ended up taking her life a month later. Mm. So, um, you know, and, and just a real tragic time. Uh, just an extremely good friend of mine, introduced a friend of mine here in Seattle and called me and told me tonight about her demise and uh, thinking about praying for her, a lady who helped me so much when I was working for an Internet company many years ago and spending time down in the Southern California area. Always a good friend, treated me like a younger brother, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll miss her and my, my thoughts and prayers are or with her family tonight. And then um, one of my good friends, uh, Will, as you know, uh, the Dr. Glenn Tanner, who listens to our show on a regular basis down in uh, the, the great state of Texas, uh, suffered a stroke this weekend. And uh, he's got uh, some bleeding on the brain. And uh, uh, obviously I'm thinking about he and his family, Laura, and his daughter, Allison, and uh, Sarah, the kids and I are praying for you. We had to break the news to Clemente tonight. And he was definitely very shaken, but uh, he uh, he said a prayer for his uncle Glenn, and uh, obviously Araceli did the same thing. So Glenn, get yourself together, get healthy, and uh, we will see you very soon. Uh, and uh, go SMU, man! I'm thinking about you. Uh, just to add a little humor to uh, to those difficult situations, 
Glenn, as you're recovering, don't watch the Cowboys, especially when they're going to lose 17 nothing to the Colts. That's not going to help the condition. So we want to make sure that we keep you away from the TV. If they win, then they can replay it. So just make sure that everyone that's uh, just record the game for him. Don't let him watch it live. We want to make sure he recovers well because the Cowboys could uh, could uh, keep you going like a yo-yo. So just adding a little humor to it. But, Glenn, um, I hope you feel better. hope we see you soon. hope we uh, see you back out here in the fall um, going to a Huskies game and, uh, and just having some fun. Um, you know, best best wishes and uh, feeling better. So, Juan has been fun. Richard, and you're a co- you're a, he's a coach too, right? Yeah. Right. So yeah, only on uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> but um, are you like a ball busting coach, or are you a more of a players? You know, everybody loves coach. You know something um, for high school football. Uh, you know, we we set a standard, especially for inner city and and quote unquote. Uh, minority underrepresented kids we set a standard of, mm-hmm. of behavior we set a standard of academics and we set a standard for showing up and being a part of the team so uh i i, I meet i meet the kids at the level that they're at you know some some kids need a uh, a kick in the rear end other kids need an arm around the shoulder uh and like dave bank said we certainly don't uh you know we, we take all comers and uh we expect you to put out a good a good faith effort and as as a coach I'm going to put a good faith effort into you. Mm-hmm. So we just we, we respect the players, and uh, some of them some of them need uh, some of them need uh, a little loving, and some of them need a little push. But uh, <laughs> we're there we're there to deliver both. I was one of those kids that needed the push. You know, my dad would always <laughs> have to give me a kick every now and then. Yeah. There's plenty of kids like that. We're live at the I'm backyard. Pick. 3820 South Ferdinand Street. We can't thank Molly and everyone here at the backyard enough. It's been marvelous. Thank it, you so it's much. It's been fun. NYC, NYSEA, Will Sanchez, Juan Cotto, talking sports and more from coast to coast. We're out. It was December 24th on Hollis Avenue at the dark. When I seen a man chilling with his dog in the park. I approached him very slowly with my heart full of fear. 